Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Well, here it is. Uh, this time of year, it's almost September. Almost September. All the kids are like so excited and pumped to be going back to school and fall routine starts. And one of our routines is each September and January, we spend some time in prayer and fasting, which will be coming out uh, in the next little bit. But we're going to start this morning uh, talking a little bit about prayer. Uh, and we'll we'll move into that where uh, my speakers, you guys can come. Don't like your, the chairs are out. Emma, Emma, Majola, everybody come. And they're going to, we're going to have something special this morning. We're going to have three different speakers sharing for 10 minutes uh, each, uh, and that'll be, it's going to be fantastic. But uh, a number of years ago, we were camping, and we had a car that uh, the key broke, and half of it was inside the ignition. And that was bad enough, but we were out camping with my sister outside of uh, Penticton, about 45 minutes in the bush, very uh, forestry campsite, very rural. And I don't know how it happened, but somehow the half was already in ignition and the other half got left on the seat. Probably it was me. But here we are. We had a key. We had a car. The car had power to get us all kinds of places, but the key was not accessible. So we had to drive into Penticton and get a tow truck driver to come out. And he opened the door and and somehow got the key out, made us a new key. And it was a few hundred dollars. And uh, I remember it. It was fantastic to have that key but not have access to it because the car then with our kids and Shanda and I, uh, we couldn't go anywhere even though we really had all the potential to go somewhere. And sometimes it's like that in our, in our lives around prayer. Prayer is the, one of the most important keys that moves us. Moves us in our family, moves us in our personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, it's one of those things that we all desperately need, but it's probably the most challenging to do on a consistent, regular basis. Is there anybody else who's ever struggled with prayer in the room? Okay, me and three people. So we are going to be good. Three of us, plus you three. So those three people, you are going to get it this morning. It's going to be fantastic. The rest of you just watch, take notes, and give us some highlights from your stupendous prayer life. Honestly, after 30 years in ministry, this is the thing, one of the spiritual practices among uh, congregations that's most difficult to maintain. But Jesus' heart is that we would not just be a church that prays once in a while or even a church uh, that, that prays often, but that we be a church of prayer. Jesus said that. Prayer for all the nations. Prayer for ourselves. Prayer for the nations around us. Uh, that was his heart. But it's sometimes easy to get distracted from that for a lot of reasons. But how many of us would like to see things move or progress in the way of God in our lives? In our church? In, the, in our nation? Come on. So whether you're a young adult trying to find your way in life, prayer is one of the great keys that, that God has given us to unlock things for us, opportunities that he has for us, that prayer is the thing that opens the door to it. I'm not going to preach too long. Don't worry. They're going to get a chance. I'm coming next week, and we'll be coming. Uh, or if you're uh, struggling to overcome addiction, you can do lots of things, but prayer is one of the keys that accesses the power of God. 
If you want to have a closer relationship with God, it doesn't happen just by you doing nothing. It happens when the scriptures tell us as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Prayer is one of the things that helps us to draw closer into relationship with God. And when we get to know Jesus closer, he can speak to us what he has for our lives. And prayer is that beautiful thing. And I can tell you, if I ask somebody who's walked with Jesus for 50 years, it's a growth process. You don't just wake up one morning and I'm like, I got my degree in prayer. It works every time. I just do this, one, two, three things, and then it works. It doesn't happen like that. It's a growing process. And for all of us to grow in it, no shame, no condemnation, but that we would all be open to the possibility to grow in our prayer life. I've, I've talked to many young moms, and they're like, I have to snap uh, a few moments of prayer when there's a kid on my side and two went down and there's another one screaming over there. I have to find my moments. It's okay. Wherever we're at, and then some who have lots of time can devote more time to it, but that we would all just say, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And so this morning as we move into that, our desire is that we would become a house of prayer, that prayer would be our first response and not our last resort. And so these three people are here not because they all have their degrees in prayerology, but because they're people who pray and they're people who have their, their own journey in prayer. And I've seen them and observed them praying and heard them praying. And uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful this morning that we would all have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying through each one of them. They're going to introduce themselves and then they're going to go for 10 minutes. I don't know if there's a timer that's going to go on the screen. 10 minutes and then their mic goes off. Some of you are like, Pastor, you should have that. <laughs> Maybe, hey, who knows. But uh, here's what I'd love you to do. So while, can everybody just practice lean in a little bit? Can, like actually physically to lean in. Just lean in a little bit while they're praying. Put your smiley face on. That one, that's the smiley face on. Encourage them. If they say something that's good, say amen. Don't, or nod your head vigorously or, or stand up and wave a hanky if you're from Ghana, right? <laughs> like do something. Encourage them because it's not easy to stand in front of people and say this is what I have for you this morning. But it's the word of God. The word of God is quick. The word of God is powerful. And if we will allow him to, Jesus can shift some things in our thinking and in our hearts this morning. Is everybody a candidate to be shifted by God? Uh, here we go. So, Ama, you are first up. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made, and we rejoice, and I'm glad in it. My name is Amma. I'm a child of God, blessed to be a member of this congregation. I'm a mother, a wife of adult children, and a psychotherapist, and I love to pray. In my journey as a Christian, I made some observations, and the biggest one about prayer is that it seemed as if some people had the year of God. They could pray, and things will happen. And it seemed that other people also prayed, but didn't have as much success. And then there was my own journey. Some of my prayers seemed to just sail to heaven. Others didn't get beyond the ceiling. At least that's what I thought. So I made it my purpose to learn about prayer. 
and my school has been what I've heard from the pulpit, what I have read in the Word of God, what I've read from books, what I've heard other people say in their testimonies, and what I've heard other people, how I've heard other people pray. And this morning, I am blessed and honored, and I want to share with you just three things. There are so many more about things that I keep in mind when especially I'm making requests to God. Prayer has all kinds of faces. I'm just going to pack myself with requests. So the first thing that I keep in mind is the word of God. The word of God instructs us to pray. There are lots of scriptures, and if, if uh, we go through all of them, I don't think the whole day will be enough. There are lots of scriptures about prayer. What I have put down here is Philippians 4, 6, which I believe most of us know. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There are so many other scriptures that indicate that it is the will of God. It pleases him that we come to him in prayer. And then we've also been invited to come boldly. When we're praying, in, uh, before we came in here, Pastor Daniel referenced that. We come boldly before the throne of grace that we may receive favor and mercy in time of need. So it's an instruction. When I go before God, I know I'm obeying him in asking. I know that I'm aligning myself with what he wants to do. I know that I'm honoring his invitation to come for my uh, needs to be met. Another thing about the word of God is that it's filled with so many promises, so many promises. There are so many examples of uh, what people did and how God answered their prayer. One verse that comes to mind is Psalm 50 verse 14 to 15. It says, sacrifice thanks offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the most high. Call on me on the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honor me. I honestly go to God praying, God, I am in trouble. Your word says I should come. So I have come. This is the problem. I lay it before you. You are my only help. Jesus, in preparing his disciples before his departure, said in John 16, verse 24, Until now you have not asked. Ask for, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. The word of God comes with many promises. And so we are free. We are invited. God is waiting. We need to run with our needs and he would answer us. The other thing about the word of God that I learned from hearing people pray is declaring the word of God in the process of prayer. So for instance, when we are in need, you can say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And you are believing it, and you are praying it, and declaring it. When you wake up in the morning with nothing, you are declaring that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The next thing is who God is who God is. He is in our relationship, his relationship to us rather. He is our Abba Father. 
we know what it means to be a good father. We have examples in human beings. God is our ultimate father. And he loves us. He's concerned about what concerns us. He is our good, good father. He, he already has things, good things in place. They are sitting in heaven. You can imagine things wrapped up waiting that we only open our mouths and ask and he will deliver it to us because our well-being is important to him. He doesn't want us to suffer, but there may be processes unto receiving our gifts. And so God loves us. Psalm 34 verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Another thing about God is his ability. We all know that God is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-owning. He knows everything before we go before him, and he is not limited. He can do anything, anything, absolutely anything. So I need to keep that in my mind, that even what I'm asking for, maybe this God may be ready to do this. And so I go before him with that confidence that I'm going before the God of heaven who is my father, who knows everything, ready to do anything and only in accordance with his will because it's the best for me, greater than anything that I can want. And finally, another thing about God that I keep in mind is his will. God's will is the best. And I will talk about us, but... Um, just to mention that God has the big picture. He knows everything. The word of God says he knows the end from the beginning. So you may be going through something now. God already knows how it will end. So, so we don't have a problem really in, in, in taking our, gifts, our, sorry, our uh, request before God. In a book I recently read by Jennifer Tucker, she says, the real purpose of prayer is not about convincing God what we want, but awakening to what God is already doing and doing that redemptive work with him. When we go in prayer, we may have a need and God is, is inviting us to bring it before him. But there may be so much more concerning that need that we go before him and we must be open to his will in how he answers it, when he answers it, and it's always better than whatever we could have imagined. Now, the third and final thing is who we are and what we do. We are human and we are limited. How humbling is that? Sometimes we think that I know this is my need. I know this is what the answer should be. And then everything will be okay. I'm sorry. You, it's not so. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't know it all. We don't, you, when you are going through something, you don't know how much uh, it, God can answer it so that it's, it will be a blessing for the other person for, and so much more that concerns. We, we just don't know. It's humbling, but even though we don't know, we are God's children. He loves us, he cares for us, and he empowers us. Romans 8, verse 16 to 17 reads, The Spirit of God himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, 
heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share in his glory. We are empowered. We are empowered. There's so much power that God has given to us by virtue of the fact that we are the children of God covered by the blood. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. What we lose on earth is loosed in heaven. So we, we are limited, but we are empowered. And so we need to have faith. And that means complete trust in God, that what he has promised, he will do. Without faith, the word of God says we cannot please God. James 6, uh, 1, 6 to 7, sorry, James 1, 6 to 7. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from God. Doubt is a common human occurrence. No matter how much faith we have, doubt may creep in. And when that happens, from what I've seen in the Bible, those who had little faith asked for more faith, their faith was increased. We've all been given a measure of faith. We can ask for faith, our faith to be increased. I see that my time, it's over. <laughs> I have want to say you can all see how excited I am and because prayer works. I've seen it happen in my life over and over again. This morning, God answered my prayer. And so I want to encourage all of us to come before God intentionally, spontaneously, be expectant, and he will meet our needs. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Uh, that's a hard one to follow. <laughs> um, my name is Mojola, and um, I'm a member of a rising church. Joined church about a year ago with my wife and her two kids, and it's been great so far. Um, joining Horizon was an answer to prayers. We prayed for a life-giving church. We prayed for a community of faith that we could be part of when we moved to Surrey. We moved from Bonaby to Surrey, and... Um, God led us to Horizon, and, um, and so that's one, answer, that's one prayer answered by God. And so we are grateful for our pastors for creating an atmosphere for God to transform our lives. Um, so I'm going to start with a personal story, first of all, um, before I talk about, I really want to talk about prayer and its value to our personal faith and everyday life. Um, prayer is corporate and prayer is personal. And, um, and so I just want to draw attention to that personal aspect of our prayer life. Um, so a couple of years ago, more than a couple, five years ago, um, got a new job and um, joined a team of people within the job. And somehow I was the youngest in the team. And some people had a challenge with the fact that they were more experienced and we seemed to be earning the same rate. So um, that became a toxic environment for me to to work, and a lot of people, um, you know, just a lot of talking behind and all of that, and it just wasn't pleasant, and it seemed that I was being set up to fail and to, to be fired eventually, so the only thing I could, I couldn't resign at that time because I had bills to pay, have a family, and back 
in Nigeria, we don't have employment insurance. We don't have EI. So if you get fired, you're your own, right? So, um, so the only option was to take it to God in prayer, you know? And in prayer, three things happened. Uh, first of all, God helped me to deal with the anger, resentment, or bitterness I felt towards the team. Um, secondly, it gave me wisdom to be able to navigate the team, you know, to be able to recognize the people to talk to and the things to say. And then thirdly, it made a way of escape for me, you know. Um, it caused other team, another team and another manager to take interest in me and request that I be moved to his, to his, to his department. So, you know, eventually uh, I wasn't fired. I was promoted, you know, within that organization, you know, but God preserved me, um, you know, just as an answer to prayer. And so, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start by defining prayer as spending time with God to build intimacy with him, to make requests of him, and to exercise the authority that he has given us. And so by that definition, he said that Amas preached the message, right? Um, she's talked about the three things about, you know, spending time with God. Um, and so let's look at praying, you know, the first thing prayer does essentially is to build intimacy with God. Um, God is more interested in his intimacy with us much more than the things that we do for him. You know, he's more interested in how we relate with him, you know, the intimacy we build um, much more than the things we do. And so, um, because Jesus, first of all, called the disciples to be with him before he sent them out. So he built that relationship, first of all, before he empowered them to go to, to, the, to the field. And so, um, Psalms 42 verse 1 says that as the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you. My soul tests for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And so... Prayer builds that intimacy with God. There's excitement about the things of God, about church, about the family of God. You know, I don't know about you, but growing up, I wasn't always excited to go to church, you know. I think I went to church as a teenager much more because my parents insisted that I go to church than me being excited about God, you know. But when I began to take my faith serious and I began to spend time in prayer, um, just like David said that I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There's just that excitement about um, the family of God. There's excitement about the things of God. You know, you, reading a Christian book is not boring. You know, you don't read your Bible to fall asleep because you can't sleep. You know, just, just that excitement. You know, you feel like God is, is right here with you, speaking to you. There's an ongoing conversation in your heart about, about, about life, about God and his love for us, you know. And there's this open, there's a tenderness in worship when you spend time in prayer. You know, worship becomes that ongoing conversation that you started in prayer. Um, um, so that's, that's one of the biggest benefits. I think that that's one of the things that give God the most excitement, you know. David was said to be a man after God's heart. Why? Because he spent time in the presence of God. Not because he was perfect, but because he spent time in the presence of God. Um, number two, prayer energizes your spirit. Um, prayer energizes your spirit. It produces the fruit of the spirit, produces character, and res the resilience to withstand life pressure. Um, Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 says that, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. 
not by, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Most of the time, we try to do the things that God wants to do in our own effort. You know, we try to make it happen by ourselves. Um, you, we read the scriptures and the Bible says that, oh, love is patient. And so I try to be patient because I want to obey the scriptures. But the, but the spirit of God wants to work in us to give us the ability to be patient. You know, God doesn't tell us to, it doesn't tell us to go do things, see things in the Bible and just go figure it out yourself. What he wants to do is to cause the spirit of God to empower us with grace to be able to leave out the scriptures, you know, and that's one of the things that prayer helps us to do. Prayer helps us to like unfold the things that God is doing in us, you know, and, and have it cause, cause expression on the earth. And so sometimes I scroll through social media and you end up putting down your phone, depressed, tired, overwhelmed, you know, just by everything happening. Um, there seems to be just that, uh, everything feeds on negativity, right? Um, and so you feel like strength has been drawn from you. But when you get into prayer, what happens is that you receive that strength from God. You're like you renew your strength in prayer. You know, you receive the strength from God. And sometimes prayer is like, um, it's like going to the gym, you know, for your spirit. You know, you're able to build that resilience for your spirit. Um, I know there are people who are like gym buffs, like you go to the gym consistently, but I struggle to be consistent. I always restart and reset going to the gym, you know. Oh, three times a week, three times a week, and you sleep off and then you start again, okay, three times a week, you know. And there's that struggle for consistency. So what prayer does is that it gives you that resilience in your spirit to handle pressure. Um, life is tough, can be tough. Um, but the Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so the strength in our spirit helps us to be able to, to navigate and to resist the, the temptation to, to fall into, to, the temptation to be, to be angry, to be depressed, to be bitter, and you know, just to be able to roll off the pressure of the world and, you know, and, and go on in strength. And then prayer helps us to receive all the things that God has given to us. Um, we don't pray to overcome God's reluctance to give. We pray to receive what is made available. You know, um, many times it feels like, oh, we're just going to bombard the gates of heaven. You know, just cause God to, it feels like maybe God is trying to shut the gate. And if you bang it enough, it will open up, you know. No, most of the time, it, it, it's more of we saying, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, if there's provision in heaven, I want provision on earth. If there's wisdom in heaven, I want wisdom on earth. If there is um, joy, if there is health in heaven, if there is, if there is prosperity in heaven, if there is family peace in heaven, I want that to be expressed on the earth. You know, so it's about receiving the things that God has made available to us. Matthew 7, 7 to 8 says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So there's this guarantee in prayer that if I ask, I will receive from God. If I knock, I will find. You know, and if I seek, or if I knock, the door will be opened. And, and then finally... In prayer, prayer is God's channel to the peace that he gives. You know, um, the world is in more peace than ever, in need of peace than ever before right now. 
and Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says that we should not be anxious for nothing, for anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, regard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Many times we do the opposite. The Bible says, pray about everything, worry about nothing. Many times we pray about nothing and we worry about everything. You know, so what happens is that God wants to give us peace. God wants us to press into the peace that he gives. But the pathway to that is true prayer. Um, so many times when we are anxious about the future and we were worried about the future, peace is the pathway to be able to get into, and um, prayer is the pathway to get into the peace of God. I'm sure that everybody who's migrated to Canada at some point was anxious about life in Canada. Um, you're like, I'm going to leave the security of my home. I'm going to leave the security of my job and family and friends. And I wonder what life is going to be like. Um, and many times for us, the answer to that anxiety was to press in prayer until you get to the place of peace. You know, and you're just assured that I don't know what the process is going to look like. I'm not sure what's, um, what's going to happen. But I know that God has made a way. And I know that God is coming true for me. You know, and so I can rest in God. I can have that assurance in God that he's going to level every mountain and he's going to, he's going to fill every valley and there will always be bread on our table and there will always be safety and there will always be the favor of God around us. You know, and so if you, when you enter into that dynamics of prayer, life becomes not a struggle, so to speak, not because there are no pressures, but life becomes a journey and a walk with God and seeing God unfold the event of our lives and bring us into the different seasons and categories of our lives, you know, and, and that's what prayer does. Prayer seems to be like a walking stick or a, a staff through which we go through life to help us have the balance and reach the goal that God has for us. Thank you. morning church family. My name is Emma, Emma Palmer, my lovely Palmer people over here with me. Um, I lead prayer here at Horizon Church. I'm the one that answers your email if you email prayer at horizonchurch.ca. And I also work at the school office here at Regent Christian Academy. So I am in a Christian environment um, where we have the joy of being able to pray for each other at any given time, all throughout the day. Um, what I want to talk about is kind of the practicality of needing relationships, the importance of community, praying for community, and loving community well. Um, the Bible says that troubles will come. Rain will come in our life. And... I've spoken before, I'm like a person that likes to go to the garden and do weeding and the Lord every single time, Holy Spirit's like, hey, let's deal with that. What's in your heart right now? What are we like practically dealing with that is actually something that needs to be dealt with? Um, so as I do, I go out into the garden and I was just spending some time with the Lord and the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm looking at trees and out in the back property here, we have some like awesome trees, but then there are some trees that are not awesome. They are dead trees. 
and the Lord was talking to me about trees and just saying that you cannot protect a tree from the elements. If a tree cannot stand, if it cannot stand the exposure of the different seasons, it's gonna die. We have, and that's for us too, we have to be exposed to the things of this life in order to grow, in order to flourish, in order to bear fruit. As we go through different seasons, even winter, the trees do not stand there and worry, my leaves are gone, it's over, I'm dying, because that is when their roots are growing. And so in difficult seasons of life, in difficult times, maybe stop and ask yourself. I wrote, I'm gonna stick with my notes, you guys, because otherwise we'll be here all day. Or they'll turn off my mic. I'm learning that when I am so frustrated with whatever it is, with the job, with the pace of life, with friendships or relationships, I'm learning to ask the Lord why. Instead of rebuking or saying, man, the enemy's really having his way, I'm learning to ask the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, what are you doing in this situation? If he turns everything around for our good, then we should be asking, what are you doing in this situation? What is the purpose? Our mission in life is surrendering and trusting the Lord. And in order to do this, it's best to not be standing on our own. It's best to be doing it in a community of believers where we can lean on and support each other. Don't do life alone. Um, I wanna read out some scriptures. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. I need people in my life who love me, who have authority to speak into my life, who I have established relationships with to lovingly rub off my rough edges, to be able to say, that sounds a bit sharp and unlike you. Maybe we can change the wording on that a little bit. Another one, James 5, verse 16. It's one of my life verses. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I am fortunate to have a number of women that I have in my life who I can laugh with, cry with, and share things without judgment. But it's a place where truth will be spoken in love, where I will be challenged to look and sound and be more like Jesus. I will be prayed for. I will have life spoken over me and I will be reminded of who God is when things look hopeless, when I feel disappointed, or I'm absolutely becoming undone because of life's circumstances. I think we've all had those hopeless moments where we don't know what to do. And my way, Emma, human way, I will just retreat I will go to my room, I will cover myself with my duvet and I will watch K-drama for as long as it takes to ride out that storm. But that is not Jesus' way. Jesus' way is to let people know, hey, I'm really struggling with this. 
Jesus did go away by himself to pray and establish relationship, but when it came down to it and he was in the hardest moment of his life, he gathered those closest to him and asked them to pray with him, okay? Don't do life alone. Someone from watching the time. How many minutes do I have, you guys? Keep going, five minutes, awesome, keep going. Okay, I wanted to give a quote. Leonard Ravenhill says, the greatest tragedy is a sick church in a dying world. We all have stuff. And if we are not dealing with our stuff and if we do not have people that love us, helping us, rubbing off those rough edges, it's not for everybody. Like I'm not gonna come up to a perfect stranger and be like, hey, notice something about you. Okay, that's not appropriate. Okay, so a couple things I just wanna say about it's knowing what the Lordship sounds like. If you don't know the voice of the Father, you will communicate poorly both to the world and to the body of believers. Holy Spirit corrects and counsels. He will never put you in a position where you feel like an idiot and can't come to him. Like that is not the heart of a father. The heart of a father will never put you in a position where you feel you cannot come back. You can't have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation. You can't say, I made a mistake again, right? That is not the voice of a loving father, okay? Wanted to say that. Um, in this climate that we are currently in with the world and in a church that has numerous problems and is facing numerous issues, in this climate, it's thinking to ourselves with things that we say, Am I going to win hearts and minds with the force of my opinion? Just as one of my friends over here have said, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by his spirit. We are to be prepared with an answer, both in season and out of season. But if your answer is not saturated with the love of Jesus, reconsider your answer. Okay? I'm going to direct you to, but I'm not going to read 1 Corinthians 13, the whole thing. Who in here has taken hearing God? If you have not taken it, when it comes up, please, it's already full. It's full. I thought pastor said it was full and I'm like, we're gonna have to do another one. <laughs> okay, if you have not taken hearing God, take it. It gives you an explanation of how to hear the voice of the Father as you're reading the Word of God, okay? So when you read 1 Corinthians 13, let the Father read it to you. Write down, what are you saying to me personally? Don't just read the words on the page, but read what is Holy Spirit saying to me personally about this? And always be reminded he speaks in love, and we are called to speak in love as well. Um, just some practical things about prayer. Staying continuously plugged in. For the awesome 5.30 a.m. people who spend time with Jesus with their coffee and their Bible for an hour, that is super fantastical. One day I will be there with you. But what I want to say is you can... Do the Bible study 
all you want. You can read the word of God all you want. You can spend your dedicated minutes that you have set aside with the Lord all that you want. But if you do not invite him into your every day, into every moment, you've just left Jesus at home, gotten in your car and driven away with the Lord, not with you. Invite him into your day. Don't be hanging out there on your own. Again, Romans 8, 26, someone already read it. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't always know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us to our Father with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Continuously stay plugged in. Invite Jesus into your everyday when you don't have the answer, practice the pause. Holy Spirit, what would you say in this situation?